well. Just as soon as I stepped out the door, the beautiful November Wednesday that had been. Sorry, Tuesday. <laughs> I don't even know what day of the week it is. I'll start that again. So, just as I step outside the door, the beautiful November Tuesday that was beckoning to me while I was inside my wife's parents' house, uh, changed. And now the rain has hit. But I'm heading up to our house, not through the fields, because I don't have my wellies on. And I'll have to pop into the house anyway, because I'm here with the dog and I forgot the dog lead. But I'll get my rain raincoat then as well. Anyways, this is just to see if this is even going to be um, usable at all. Can you hear me at all? Uh, or do I need a better mic? It'll be interesting when I listen back on this. There's a little bit of wind today. Obviously nothing like what Storm Debbie brought us. Um, the night before last. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to listen back. Here it is. Anyway, this is the first one. This is number one. Episode one. And if you're listening to this, it's because I... Chose to publish, which for me feels mad because I have no idea what this is yet. But I've decided to. Oh, yeah, this is going to get loud. Here comes a wheelie bin. Might as well get this done while I'm at it. I've decided, no, no, not going to do the wheelie bin because I'll do the wheelie bins later. It's just too loud. Stay there, wheelie bin, I'll come back for you. So, I've decided to follow the advice of the likes of Maeve Kid and also Michal Riley. And, um, ironically enough, it's advice I always give in the room with other artists and it's the one I constantly forget to apply to my own work which is do first think later figure it out as we do it so I'm going to figure out what this is oh there's the wind now coming down the field I'm going to figure out what this is I'm going to figure out what this is by doing it Because for the past 
while now. It feels like my head's going to burst. Because there are so many things I want to do. And there are so many things I want to try. And so many things I want to explore. And so many things I want to say. That I completely ground to a halt as an artist. Uh, out of sheer out of an inability to uh, know where to start or how to start and also the other reason I'm doing this is that notebooks don't work for me I love a good notebook and I love a good pen I'll talk to you about my pen another time but it's a good one but every time I sit down to finally write and get my ideas down on paper it's like I'm such a slow writer and I always was a slow writer man I used to get in some trouble in school because I was such a slow writer. I'm such a slow writer that I can't keep up with my my thoughts. So notebooks don't work for me. A dictaphone works better for me than a notebook. Because I am a... Verbal processor, as somebody once described it to me. Right now I'm standing in the studio of the John Rogers Show, by the way, in case you're wondering. Um, yeah, I figure out what it is I th- I'm thinking about Anathan by saying it out loud. I'm fundamentally... The sort of person who, well, how can I know what it is, what I think, when I haven't said it yet? And as you can imagine, that can be um, tricky, especially for loved ones. As they listen to me talk and talk and talk. And I hoover up the oxygen in the room. I'm not a good listener. I'm trying to be better. Oh, I nearly forgot the raincoat. Hang on. Where is the raincoat? Oh yeah, there it is. So, whatever this is, I think part of it is that a dictaphone is better for me than a notebook. But the only thing better than a dictaphone for someone like me is an audience. 
I love an audience. I love the sound of my own voice. And I love attention. So it might be enough for now to just know that that's what this is. Sometimes, you know, if I'm trying to consider, sometimes when I'm considering whether or not to say something to someone, I have the conversation with them in my head or out loud or something. By the way, I talk to myself all the time. I always have as well. That's the other thing this is. Um, yeah, so anyway, sometimes I will you know, write the email before I decide to send it or not. Again, it's kind of on the same lines. How do I know whether or not it's a good idea to email that person if I don't know what it is I'm trying to tell them? So... Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted there now because I did something I normally don't do. I left the front door of the house open when I was in getting those stupid bits and that's how you get mice. the ring to do it about that door right so where was I oh yeah so I I'm going to do say whatever it is that I want to say here in an attempt to um, figure out what it is that I want to do with this podcast or whatever it is this broadcast and I'm not going to do, tie myself up in knots worrying about the quality of it, be it the sound quality or the actual content of the thing. I'm not going to worry about that because I'm not going to decide right now whether or not to publish this. There's a good chance I won't publish this because it is nothing. It's just me figuring stuff out out loud and I cannot, for the life of me, believe that that would that this would be of any interest to anyone other than me like in a way this is masturbation and there's nothing wrong, in fact, there's lots, there's nearly, absolutely, completely nothing wrong with masturbation. I'm just not sure about unsolicited, non-consensual public masturbation. That's, uh, that's not quite the same thing. So, I'd like to have a conversation with you about that another time. What's wrong with... What's wrong with public masturbation? Let's uh, just 
write that down and tear off the top of the page and throw that into the hat as a possible future subject for discussion. And I'd like to figure out who would be the the right person to have a conversation about that. What's wrong with public urination? We don't like it, we frown at it. But I don't want to share too much about my kids because I don't have their permission to talk about them in public. But I mean, I often be going somewhere in the car with a kid with with with, with, with the eldest even in the city, the next thing I hear from the back seat, I need to pee. I'm like, oh, great, of course you need to pee. Now you do. <laughs> we just left the place where we could have used the toilet, but, you know, and I pull over. Even I've even done this in the city, found some place where there's a patch of grass and just said, go ahead there and pee. Because I can't see any problem with that. He's just a kid. <laughs> but I would never, I don't think, do the same thing in broad daylight in the middle of the city. Oh, I need to pee. I'll just, there's a patch of grass. I'll just go. But why? 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 Why is it pretty much just about, and just about because I thought that that was totally fine, a kid taking it. A piss in public um, but I've heard from some people that even that can be frowned upon but the one thing I know for certain the one thing I know for certain I'm not quite sure where the mic is on this thing I'm guessing it's down here the one thing I know for certain is that It's definitely frowned upon if I was to do it. And yet, it's just the same stuff. It's the same liquid. It's the same it's the same appendage. But is there there's some there's something about once puberty hits, I think, that makes it different. Anyway. That's for another day. But this here is to the reason for this episode one is to just get started. Because I'm stuck. As an artist, I have at the moment two strong ideas for theatre, new theatre shows. By the way, it's beautiful out here at the moment where I live in the countryside, County Galway, east of the city. 
not far from the village of Crockwell. Why did I say it like that? It made it sound like it's something in Middle Earth. Crockwell. Not far from the village of Crockwell. It's quite beautiful here. There's a magic in this area where we live. There really is, and I haven't felt it in a while since we moved out here proper. So maybe, well, not maybe, definitely, I forgot to say that another reason for doing this is that the dog needs to get walked every day, and I need to get walked every day. The storm Debbie came along and made a mess of everything, and as a result, we actually have no internet in the house at the moment. And I think that's helping me stop and think about what it is I want to do. It's helped me realize I need to get out of the house more and just walk. Now, it would be best for me (laughs) and for you listening if I did that without feeling the need to make something of it. Just walk and feel the walk without having to turn it into a feckin' podcast or whatever the hell this is. But if the choice is between walking while recording myself versus not walking at all, then this will be good enough for now. Anyway, where was I? Oops. I just dropped the bank card where was I oh yeah no where was I oh yeah I was talking about being stuck so I have two I would say two and a half strong ideas for um, new work particular require um, other theatre people, theatre makers, actors and so on in the room with me and that's a good thing it's a really good thing because I I am over 10 years now working as a solo artist and I never meant to be this was never this wasn't the plan I never intended on becoming a solo artist um, it just happened that way and I'll talk about that another time maybe but but I need other people in the room with me for lots of different reasons the work, the quality of the work is better when there are other people in the room pushing me. And also, it's easier to work with other people. Oh, there are difficulties, of course. We all know the difficulties of working with other people. But it is easier 
than doing it all by my by oneself. But the main reason why I want other people is oh I don't want to say this part now because this feels really way too personal. <sighs> okay, this is <laughs> this is why I really don't think I'm going to be pu- publishing this episode. But anyway, I'm lonely. There, I said it. I'm lonely. I feel lonely, even though. on fire which is such an odd expression when you think about it but it's great we do get on like a house on fire are we we can annoy each other but that's there's something wrong if that wasn't there and I've got kids two kids and that's all I'm going to say about them for now except that uh, I am you know mad about the little feckers so, but I do feel lonely. I feel a bit cut off from the world, and I don't think I'm alone in feeling alone. To quote Sting, um, and definitely the pandemic is a part of what has happened. But it's also part of my fault. It got easy making work by myself because I didn't have to answer to anyone else and I started to enjoy not being pushed not being uh, challenged on my decisions in the making of the art but also it did make things quicker and fundamentally it made things cheaper and that was why I started off as a solo artist because I wanted to take control of the funding and my work and so it was a lot easier to show, one man show, come on dog, um, it was much easier to do that, because that way I was asking God with city council, and eventually the arts council for less money, than, you know, if I wanted a, a cast of three or four or five of people with me on stage. left me lonely as an artist and as a person to be honest there is no line really between those two things I am an artist and I I am obviously a person so it has left me alone but for a while there I thought um, that I was alone but not lonely that turned out to be not the case at least I know what I want A lot of trees went down in that storm. And there'll be lots more where Debbie came from. Okay, the card fell out again, so I guess that's telling me to uh, not put it back in that pocket. Put it in this pocket. So, the two strong ideas I have for new theatre work require... Um, to qu- require a team of people, and I'm standing. I'm starting now from a position of having no funding. So this is the catch twenty two. I require 
require a producer, let's say, to uh, take some of the, the load off an Arts Council application. But I don't have the money to pay the producer unless I'm successful with the uh, application. This is the catch-22 that nearly every artist in my position has to um, solve. It's the, the problem we have to solve. Sit. See she is. Sit. I guess it's okay. I guess. Oh, Americanism. I suppose it's okay. For me to share with you the name of the dog. The dog is Bonnie Dog. She's the best. Okay, so... I want a team of people around me but not just for the theatre pieces I want to make but also I want to put a team together of interesting people and create something like a salon radio show slash podcast something like a cross between the London Review of Books and Well, I can't think of anything else right now because my brain is not fully functioning. But something, a show, a radio show slash podcast, wherein we explore interesting things in the worlds of finance and the arts and politics science I'm a sport nut but I'm going to leave out sport for now because my god there's more than enough sport coverage in our media in fact and I say this as somebody who loves sport now loves sport as a couch potato as someone who, as a spectator there's too much sport coverage in our media in my opinion but anyway I want to create a show that examines these there's the wind again that examines these explores these areas that I find fascinating but I want it to be more than just a talking shop I want it to have a naked agenda climate change is the other obvious big one and AI those are the two big ones anyway I want it to have a naked agenda I wanted to achieve something an example I don't know how many of you are aware of two cyber weapons bought from Israeli private cyber surveillance companies dubious uh, 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 companies, well not dubious but uh, dodgy let's just call them that, dodgy companies two tools, one called Pegasus, the other called Predator I'll get into those another time but these awful weapons of surveillance 
were developed by these extremely bright engineers just outside Tel Aviv, as far as I know. And they uh, utilize a shocking flaw in um, the security of the likes of Apple's iOS, uh, Meta's WhatsApp, Google's Android, to exploit what's called a zero-click uh, weakness in the security of those devices, like a mobile phone, for instance, like the very one I'm using right now, like the iPhone I'm using right now to record this. Zero-click or zero-day uh, threats and what they do is they can affect your phone without you even having to click on a spurious like link that's sent to you by somebody who's pretending to be your bank for instance I think more and more we're becoming savvy about being careful of you know text messages that come out of nowhere that say your uh, parcel this is on post and your parcel has been held up for such and such a reason and uh, click on this link to uh, have uh, to uh, arrange a, uh, a new delivery I think a lot of us now are savvy enough to know oh hang on just because this says it's from on post doesn't necessarily mean it's from on post so I'm not going to click on this link I'm going to be a little careful what the likes of these two tools do Predator and Pegasus is that they can infect your phone without you even having, without you making any such mistake. And that's the, the real worry about these weapons. And once they get infected on the phone through some um, gap in the phone's defenses, for instance, Apple is having a serious problem with the hames they made of their message app. You know, the app for sending text messages they tried to turn it into their own version of whatsapp and they've made it highly porous and easy uh an easy way in for these bad actors and an easy way for these uh lousy so-and-sos to um hack your phone but once your phone gets infected with this stuff. It doesn't matter if you're using something like WhatsApp, which has got high encryption, or even using Signal or Telegram, which have theoretically an even better uh, encryption security setup than WhatsApp. It doesn't matter. Because once they're on the phone, they can read all of your messages, even the ones that are encrypted. Not only that, but these tools, these weapons, Predator and Pegasus, they can hijack your phone's camera and film you live without you realizing it. They can hijack their phone's microphone and listen to you, eavesdrop on you, without you noticing it. So... In the case of Pegasus, the company that developed this awful thing that they call Pegasus, the company is called the NSO Group.
And the NSO group argue that they set up these tools so that governments and law enforcement agencies can use them to fight crime and fight terrorism. But that, of course, that sounds noble. These companies love to use the horror that is child pornography as a way of saying this is one of the things that we are, that our tools are being used for. But what, in fact, what they did was they sold this tool to some very questionable regimes like Saudi Arabia. And Mexico are two examples. And then, of course, the obvious thing happened. These governments, and by the way, we may give out, and we do, and we should give out about our government, but these governments, holy moly, these governments have no concept of the rule of law or of human rights or civil liberties. These governments started to use these horrendous tools against you-know-who, journalists, human rights activists, dissenters, opposition politicians and lawyers and so on and so forth. Oh, I want to tell this story. And I will tell this story. And I want a team of people to help dig into this story. Because I'm particularly interested in the use of these tools within the EU against EU citizens and what the EU should be doing to help protect us from this sort of intrusion. What realistically can the EU do what can we as citizens do to help protect us from this sort of intrusion? And ask a deeper question, which is, can we ever, ever, when, when the likes of Signal and Telegram can be hacked, or the likes of an iPhone, which Apple likes to market as the most secure device out there, can be got at without you even having to click on a malicious link is there any hope of us ever being able to trust these devices that we carry around with us all the time I shouldn't say we that the vast majority of us carry around with us all the time and then I want to look at the Irish element of this story the Irish part of this story because the other tool I mentioned Predator is owned by a company called Intellexa. And Intellexa have, as far as I know, their headquarters in Dublin. Of course they do. Making good use of our very generous corporate tax, I'm sure. But that leaves them, as far as I understand, under the remit, is that the right word? They're the responsibility of the Irish Data Commissioner. And I would argue the Irish courts, the Irish cops in the Irish courts. 
So these are the things I want to explore with a team of people. But not just to talk about it, but to see if we can... To see if we can what? See if we can fight back a bit. So, I want to get that team together, but I don't know how to get them together. I feel like somebody who's going to start dating again. I'm starting from scratch, in a way. Um, I could have hopped up in the transport box here. Anyway. Uh, ah, the crows. There's magic out here. I'm telling you, there's magic out here. So I want to get this team together. And in the short term, the only way I can think of starting this process is to start doing it by myself. And that's why I'm talking to myself right now as I walk the dog. But it's also why I started up the John Rogers radio show again. The John Rogers show. Live from Galway every Friday morning at 10 a.m. I started the John Rogers show almost 10 years ago. So it, was, it was 2014. Eddie Rockets had left Galway and became, what was it, Rockin' Joes, it's gone now as well I think, anyway, Ioni and I, okay so that's my wife's name, look, okay, I can say my wife's name, I'm not going to talk too much about my kids but my wife is Ionia some of you may know her Ionia Necronin is co-director of Moonfish Theatre anyway Ionia and I were in the burger place in the city on Eglinton Street and I was very excited because my old radio hero Dave Fanning was playing the brand new single, as he always does, from my great heroes growing up, U2, the Ballad of Joey Ramon. And for a moment there, Dave was back on 2FM, where he should never have left. The BBC knew to keep John Peel on Radio 1 forever. As long as the man was around. I, <laughs> I still can't believe that the idiots in charge of RT didn't realise to do the very same with our John Peel. With Dave Fanning, who was, you know, and is even better than Peel ever was. He should have been left on 2FM. But anyway, it was great to hear the guy back on 2FM for, you know, 20 minutes playing this latest brand new song from U2. And I got so excited I started telling Oni about what it was like when I was in secondary school 
And my God, did I hate school. In secondary school, trying to do homework. My God, did I hate homework. But the only thing that just about met it... Um, uh, that actually helped me get through that, really, without over-egging this at all, was the Dave Fanning Show, which used to run, I think it was from 8pm to 10pm, on uh, from Monday to Friday. The show started every night with, um, I've forgotten the name of the track, but Fleetwood Mac. Great guitar intro. I can't sing or hum, so I'm not going to even bother trying it. Maybe if I get kind of um, slick with this podcast, whatever it is, here's where I drop in that audio. But to be honest, as someone who listens to podcasts, I don't particularly enjoy the podcast that's overly polished. I like a podcast like, uh, and this I don't mean this as, a, as an insult at all, but I like a podcast that's a little more rough and ready, like Craggy Rubby. And I like podcasts, and I'm not achieving this. This is rough and ready, but I'm, it's not achieving the second thing that I like. I like a podcast where there's more than one person talking. There's a conversation going on. Anyway, back to Dave. So I got talking to Ioni about the Dave Fanning show and why it meant so much to me. It was the first time I ever heard Tom Waits in the, the early 90s. And I realized, talking to her, I'd always wanted to have my own radio show. But in 2014, it suddenly was easy to do that. And that's why I started the John Rogers Show. And I started the John Rogers Show in 2014. And it ran every Thursday night for two hours, from 9 till 11, every Thursday night. And it was it was great. And I loved it. I worried a little bit that because my... my uh, that I worried a little bit that I was playing the same music over and over and I still have that concern about the, the John Rogers show to this day but I'm not so worried about that anymore and I'll get into that in more time but I started the John Rogers show and I ran it for a few years and then I became a dad and Thursday night that slot became a lot less easy to um, use for a radio show um Yeah, I could have done it if we had gotten a babysitter for those two hours every uh, Thursday night. But um, if we were going to get a babysitter, I was going to use it for something else. Because the John Rogers show always existed as something kind of halfway between a hobby and something um, else. Something... I don't want to say something that matters, but something, yeah, halfway between a hobby and a piece of theater I would make. So it wasn't, it was enjoyable, and I I gave it the attention it needed, but it wasn't the most important thing I did every week. So when the kids came, it went away. And then it came back every now and again over the years. And I ran it during lockdown for a while, but we were living in the middle of nowhere. And then again, like, kind of like what's happening today, a storm came and knocked out the internet. And it happened a few times and that kind of put an end to it. But this summer, I made a decision that it was going to come back. And I was going to do it for an hour only. I used to do it for two hours. I'd run it for just over an hour every Friday morning. 
because I'd be sitting at my desk listening to tunes. I'd say, do my emails, do my accounting, do my meager finances, do my taxes, whatever. And try and organize, you know, the next stage in the creation of a new piece of art or whatever. I'd be listening to tunes anyway, so I might as well do the show. But there's another reason why I started the show again. Is that I couldn't think of any other way of doing something that would help me get back into the world. And the radio show sometimes might only have three people listening to it. But that's three people. That's an audience of three people. And it's not art. I'm not creating anything. I'm sharing other people's art. But it still gives me an audience once a week. Even if it's a tiny, tiny audience. And that's the start. It feels great when I do the radio show because I feel connected again to the world. Oh, I think I might publish this. (laughs) Because maybe this will also help with that connection. Anyway, if I do publish it, no one's going to be forced to listen to it. The idea of setting up a Patreon page for any of this is it's it's an idea but i'll have to be making <laughs> well I'll definitely have to be making something better than this before i can start asking people to donate money to me every month but that is something i'm considering anyway the radio show and this whatever this is is my attempt at getting back into the world at getting a team of people around me as we make that salon and maybe make art together. And the art now will be, I think, political. I always and still do believe in the spiritual consideration that art should be made for art's own sake. But it's only recently that I realized that that is a privileged position to have. And when, this is before lockdown, of course, I saw The Game by um, Theatre Club in Dublin. Uh, Grace and um, Shane, wasn't it? Shane, yeah. Um, They wrote a great note in the program. I wish I'd kept it. But there was a line in it that said something along the lines of something like, we had, I nearly said water donkey. <laughs> Theatre could remind you of water donkey so much. It's okay, Bonnie, if that dog really wanted to do something about it, it would have ran out that open gate. You've been showing up, dog. The gate was open and you still stayed in at the wall shouting at us. Anyway, what did they say? They said in the program... Uh, we at Theatre Club uh, try to ask a question that nobody else wants to ask something like that and that really that question that one line in their program note had in many ways more of an impact on me than the show itself now I thought the game was superb I had problems with it but it was superb but that line really hit me and it forced me on the way back to Galway on Go Bus to ask myself, what are the questions, what question could I ask that could be of use 
but nobody uh, nobody wants it to be asked so once you ask yourself that question inevitably for me anyway one starts thinking about the politics of making art look all art is political but the intergovernmental UN intergovernmental report from two years ago on climate change scared the living crap out of me and it really woke me up to the problem we're facing of climate change and it feels like a very selfish position right now not to be making for me anyway I can only speak for myself not to be making art that is political so that's obviously the one of the other many areas that I want us to uh explore climate change how can you face something like climate change doesn't even cover it we need to start calling it climate crisis climate catastrophe if the scientists are right and it looks like they are I mean I'm I'm walking through the detritus of storm Debbie as as I speak to you right now if If the if the scientists are right, then we're in we're in we're in big trouble. So how can we face into that with any sense of hope? Because without hope, there is no point looking into it. There's no point trying to deal with it. We're not going to be able to deal with it at all without hope. So I've been thinking a lot about what art can I make about climate change that is hopeful and yet isn't delusional? And I'm taking the first step towards making that piece of theatre called The People vs. Climate Change next week in Dublin with Sita. Long-time listener of the John Rogers Show, Sita Manon McGowan, and um, my old friend and off-time collaborator, we have made lots of theatre together over the years. So Zita, I've invited Zita on board um, to start working on this um, with me. We're starting next week with another person who's coming on board uh, as sort of an, uh, a um, consultant in the art of world building. I'll talk more about this next week. <laughs> so I really am starting to... Decide for myself that I'm going to do this once a week. But anyway, um, Anrik, Anrik, Dutch artist based in London. He's joining us online at a, a workshop that Sita and I are going to be doing with him in uh, the Dublin Fringe uh, Fringe Lab in Temple Bar. Thanks to the Dublin Fringe for giving us the space. I'll be doing that. Uh, so look, I'm already starting to get my team together, uh, and we are going to learn from Anrik how to facilitate a world building workshop. And the world building workshop will be the the beating heart of a new piece called "The People versus Climate Change." That's going to require a lot more people than just Sita and I and Anrik dipping in now and again online. But it's also going to um, is 
and not also because of that it's going to require a lot more funding than I have any hope of getting my hands on right now so these are the problems I'm trying to solve because I need to make a living at this otherwise I'm going to have to go get a job in Aldi and I'm not knocking jobs in Aldi I'm awful tempted to go off and get one at times but God help me I do still love making art and I do still love theatre because last week Ioni and I went to see Lost Lear by Dan Coley in the town hall and thank you Dan and thank you everyone else involved in that show because it just was a timely reminder of just how feckin' brilliant theatre can be when it works so I'm going to hold off and go and tell the and ask him for a job for a little longer and see if there is still some way for me to be part of this. Okay, nearly back now. Just walked the loop. 53 minutes and 30 seconds and counting. I don't know what to say if you have listened to this. That does mean I published it. Uh, if you've listened to all of this, I don't know what to say other than thanks, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I'm overthinking it. Stick it up online. Mention it on the radio show that it's there. Mention it online on, on Instagram or Twitter, maybe, or whatever the hell it's called now. And it's free to listen to, for now, anyway. And yeah, johnrogershow.com for the radio show. And that's where this will be. If I do put it up, it'll be there as well. And yeah. That's it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and thanks for coming with me, Bonnie Dog. Slaughter.